Welcome to Armed with Truth, a podcast for youth. I'm your host, Lisa Bruneal. My goal here is to empower the youth of today to become a sin-resistant generation. You youth are bombarded by Satan's temptations on every side, especially when it comes to immorality, lust, and pornography. I want to talk about truths that can strengthen you, safeguard you, and bring greater power into your life through the Savior Jesus Christ. Let's get started and be armed with truth. Today's episode is a tribute of my magnificent grandson, Boston Rodney Warner, and the life and lessons that have come to my life because of him. Let's start in our usual way. Ask yourself, what is Heavenly Father's personal message for you right now in this podcast? The Holy Ghost will testify to you of the exact message Heavenly Father has for you right now today. I haven't recorded a podcast for a little over two months now. During that time, I've been feeling sweet and holy whisperings, whisperings that I need to share my experiences of the past several weeks, whisperings that the time is coming to tell you all about someone very special, my grandson, Boston Rodney Warner. Today, it's time. Before I tell you about him, I need to give you some background, and it all starts with a story about a buffalo. Sometime close to 15 years ago, my husband, Zach, came home on our anniversary with an unusual gift for me, a giant buffalo head mount. You know, the taxidermy kind that hang on the wall and seem to stare at you no matter where you are at in the room. Well, I stared right back at it in disbelief as Zach expounded about how the perfect place to hang it was on our bedroom wall. Now, I'm not a big fan of hunting in general, but Zach is, and I try to encourage his adventure and his wild side because those are some of the things I've always loved about him. I've learned how to cook elk and venison and be somewhat happy about eating them on occasion, even going so far as pretending that they taste like beef. And as you'll see, Dead animals hanging on the wall is a practice that has grown on me. But back 15 years ago, no way. I detested dead things hanging on the wall in any form. Did I say that loudly enough? Any form. And I was not excited or even the least bit willing to hang that buffalo head anywhere near my bedroom. As most loving couples do, we came to a happy compromise And the buffalo found its place on the wall of Zach's office, at work, far away from my bedroom wall, in an entirely different building. Actually, it looked pretty cool there next to Zach's deer and elk mounts, who also weren't invited home. And everyone was happy, even the smiling taxidermied animals. I felt much better about the idea of the giant buffalo head watching Zach work rather than watching me sleep at night. And that's where the buffalo stayed for roughly 10 years. Now, if you've listened to the episode where I interview with Zach, Zach, you already know this. But for those of you who haven't, it's important for the story to know that about five years ago, Zach confessed to a pornography and lust addiction with a lot of difficult details that accompanied it. It was a hard but beautiful time in our marriage and our personal lives. We both plunged ourselves into intense recovery work to save our marriage and our family, but mostly to find personal recovery. We both attended meetings, went to counseling, worked through the 12 steps with sponsors, and did everything that we could think of or hear of. 
One particular week, I attended a three-day intensive therapy retreat for women like me who had experienced betrayal trauma. It was at this retreat that I first heard about buffalo and storms. Now, you've probably all seen photos of buffalo covered in snow and ice with white clouds of cold breath around them. The photos are almost iconic. If you haven't seen any, look some up. They're truly majestic. North American buffalo, or bison, are particularly suited to harsh winters because they have a built-in instinct. When storms come, buffalo face the storm, lower their heads, and actually move directly into the direction of the storm. So picture this in your mind. The storm moves in, freezing wind howling and blowing, dense snow flying, and the buffalo drops its head and begins to walk, run, or even charge right into the storm. It sounds crazy, I know, but the storm moves toward and over the buffalo while the buffalo moves toward and through the storm. And what happens is this, the buffalo actually ends up staying in the storm for a much shorter duration of time. Consider if the buffalo were to hold still and just let the storm pass. He'd actually be in the storm longer, right? And what if he ran the other way entirely? He would actually stay in the storm even longer than if he had just held still and way longer than if he were running into the direction of the storm, because we all know that you can't outrun a storm, right? The fastest way through a storm is to face it and move toward it, even charge through it. So you're probably seeing the point that was being made in this therapy retreat. The point was that we can all be like buffalo. We can face our personal storms directly, even head on, And if we face them instead of trying to outrun them or freezing still and trying to hide from them, we too will be in our storms of life for a shorter period of time. As I listened to the description of Buffalo and the inspiring words at that retreat, suddenly Buffalo became really important to me. At the end of the retreat, I even drew a picture of myself as a Buffalo. Of course, I glammed the big girl up a bit with high heels and red lipstick Because if you know me, I can really get into a good art project. When I got home, I told Zach and our kids all about the buffalo, and suddenly, buffalo became beloved and important to all of us. And so, there was only one thing left to do. We had to bring the buffalo mount home from Zach's office and hang it on the wall. Now, he's really beautiful to me. Another cool thing about it is that our home is actually a log home, like a legit real-life Lincoln Log log cabin. So the buffalo really does fit right in, and I love it. It's a reminder to me and my entire family to not run away from our challenges and trials, but to face them head-on. I love my buffalo mount. He even gets a little tinsel and a Santa hat at Christmas. Our family has shared about the buffalo in many settings, and buffaloes have come to mean a lot in our groups of recovery friends as well. And now that you have the buffalo story, I can return to telling you about one of the most special people in my life, my grandson, Boston Rodney Warner. Boston was born just a few weeks ago on the morning of October 6, 2021. He is the first baby born to my daughter Hannah and her husband Seth. Hannah and Seth have a bit of a fairy tale love story. 
They grew up together in the same neighborhood, in the same town, going to school at the same schools, and to church in the same wards since they were children. Seth was one of Hannah's older brother Cole's very best friends, and Seth's family have been close and dear friends of our family for several years. Hannah and Seth wrote letters to each other while Seth served his mission in Boston, Massachusetts. The night Seth returned from his mission, Hannah's siblings secretly watched them kiss on the porch swing from a nearby window, and it wasn't too long before they were engaged and married. They've long talked about naming their first baby boy Boston after Seth's mission. And so when Hannah became pregnant and they discovered the baby was a boy, we all knew he would be called Boston. If you remember from previous episodes, I have a pretty big family. We have eight children. Yes, we are crazy. I always have been. Three of our kids are grown and married to practically perfect spouses. We have one brave and amazing daughter who's currently serving a mission and four fantastic kids still at home. And now we have three magnificent grandsons, including Boston. I've spoken before about my love of babies. It's intense, and I'm pretty sure it's a genetic trait that has been passed down through generations of baby lovers to me and on to all of my kids. So with that said, our entire giant family has anticipated Boston's arrival with the excitement that only a new baby can bring. There is absolutely nothing on earth more profound, more glorious, or more wonderful than a new baby. Babies testify of God and his love for us and of his priesthood power of creation that he shares with us, his children. They come straight from heaven, and when I am with a new baby, I can't help but feel of their magnificence. All of these words just serve to illustrate that Boston's birth has been greatly anticipated by all of us, but none have anticipated it more than his adoring and excited parents, Hannah and Seth. My angel daughter-in-law, Tess, described the two of them and their anticipation so beautifully that I wanted to use her words. She said, This pregnancy with Boston was special. You have never seen a couple more excited and grateful and proud and happy to be pregnant as Hannah and Seth were. They talked with him and played and laughed and cherished every kick and hiccup. The, the love they shared with each other and their baby was so unique and precious. When they found out they were having a baby boy, Hannah immediately cried at the thought of him having to one day leave and go on a mission. Tess's words are true. Hannah and Seth waited for Boston with unusual excitement. And looking back now, we all see why it was different and somehow special. On October 5th, we got the news that Hannah's water had broke and that she was in labor. She was four weeks early, but the doctors assured her and Seth that babies born at 36 weeks do great. So we were all so excited. On the way to the hospital, Hannah and Seth stopped at a little shop. Boston was coming a bit early, and he was likely going to be very small. They didn't have any preemie clothes, and Hannah wanted something in a preemie size to dress him in. As they looked around the store, they found a little hat and swaddle blanket with buffalo on it. It was perfect. This little baby was coming a month early and was going to need to face the storm with courage and strength. They bought the hat and swaddle and headed to the hospital. The rest of us anxiously waited through the evening and then through the night for news of Boston's birth. Early the next morning, we received a text from Seth. 
that Hannah was doing great and that Boston was almost here. I could hardly stand it. I wished I was there with them. We waited and waited and waited. Minutes ticked by with no news. Finally, my phone rang. I saw it was a call from my son, Cole. Cole and Tess live in the same town as Hannah and Seth. Tess works at a nur- as a nurse at the hospital where Hannah was delivering. So when I saw Cole's name pop up on my phone, I knew we finally had news. Unfortunately, the news wasn't good. Something was wrong, terribly wrong. Tess was at work that morning also receiving the same exciting texts that we had received, also waiting any second for news of Boston's arrival. Here are her words about her time at the hospital. I'm a nurse and happened to be working at the hospital on Wednesday on a different floor. As I sat in the hospital, I heard over the loudspeaker sometime around 8.45, someone announced Code Pink, Labor and Delivery, Room 9. This announcement means that there was a baby that needed CPR and other life-saving measures. My heart sank, and I just prayed and prayed and prayed that our Hannah and Seth weren't in room 9. I texted Cole and let him know, and he reached out to the family so they could pray hard. Minutes passed by, and someone ran into the room I was in and told me my brother and sister needed me in labor and delivery. We sprinted up the stairs to the maternity ward and walked into room 9. As I walked into the room, I saw a whole code team cleaning up supplies and Hannah and Seth holding their little boy in bed, sobbing and pleading for help while cherishing their little son. I held them and cried with them, and we were able to capture photos of Boston while he still had a heartbeat. At birth, Boston was diagnosed with a condition called hydrops fatalis. They have no answers as to the origin of his condition. This was never detected in ultrasounds or fetal testing, leaving Hannah and Seth with no time to prepare for this tragedy. This condition caused Boston's little body to have a poorly functioning lymphatic system, leading to excess fluid buildup throughout his body. His lungs were also underdeveloped at birth due to his condition, so he never took a breath. He lived for 48 minutes because of his strong heart that beat and beat and beat without even one breath. Truly a miracle. Tess was an angel, and we are all so grateful that God placed her there in that hospital to be with Hannah and Seth and Boston just moments after his arrival. Boston's birth wasn't the arrival we had all anticipated. We were so grateful to doctors, nurses, and the entire medical team who tried all they could to save his life and who cared for him and Hannah and Seth during their time in the hospital. As news spread, family members immediately dropped what they were doing, packed their bags, and headed to be with Hannah and Seth. Our son Cole was able to arrive after just a few minutes. A few hours later, our oldest daughter Maddie arrived. I had been attending a retreat in the mountains and arrived at the hospital a few hours after Maddie, hours that seemed to stretch on forever as I drove in heavy grief to be at the side of these courageous, loving parents. I pulled up to the hospital and rushed inside then paused just outside the hospital room. I had been praying during my drive, and I took a moment to say one more prayer for strength and for the companionship of the Spirit before I entered the hospital room. As I walked in, a tangible, holy feeling engulfed me. 
And I was immediately aware that I had entered into a sacred space. I didn't know what to expect in that hospital room. I had been worried about what it would be like to see and hold Boston. But those worries disappeared instantly as I picked up that precious little body and cradled him in my arms. Boston was beautiful. He had thick, deep red hair and familiar, wonderful features that resembled both of his parents. As the afternoon hours passed, all of Hannah and Seth's immediate families that live within driving distance convened together there at the hospital. It was time together that I will never forget. Time with Boston's earthly body. Seth's missionary brother and our missionary daughter, as well as Seth's sister and family who lived farther away, were all able to video in and be part of our sacred time together. We witnessed powerful priesthood blessings, wept sacred tears, sobbed together in grief, experienced heavenly laughter, and gave and received countless embraces. We sat and spoke all together about the moments we were looking forward to with Boston, moments that now could not be, and we took turns again and again holding all eight pounds, nine ounces of his perfect earthly body. He was a far cry from the tiny preemie baby we had expected, and we all soaked in the moments of kissing his little head of red hair and feeling the power of his spiritual presence. Being all together and having that time with him was a miracle. And the miracles just kept coming. There were so many miracles. I began thinking of them as love notes from Heavenly Father. As much as I wanted Heavenly Father to fix this horrible tragedy and bring Boston back, let him live, let us all have the blessing of watching him grow up, I knew he could not. And as much as I wanted to deny it, I knew Boston's death was part of God's plan, and that conviction grew for all of us by the hour. Although God did not change the death of Boston, there was something else he did do. He sent us these love notes, hundreds of love notes in so many forms. They came in the form of love and service from others. Hannah and Seth are loved by so many in our small community, so when news of Boston's passing spread, there was an outpouring of prayers, service, and love. When they decided to hold a funeral for Boston, heavenly and earthly angels stepped in and helped to plan and carry out every single detail. Whenever I think about those details, I am flooded with gratitude for the love of our friends and family. The funeral was amazing. The spirit there was something I will never forget. So many friends and family came to mourn the loss of this precious baby boy, and his life and story touched hundreds. The outpouring of love and service wasn't limited to the funeral. We were carried and served and strengthened in numberless ways. There were visits, texts, phone calls, flowers and cards, gifts, meals, warm blankets, cleaning, completing difficult tasks we couldn't do, trees planted in Boston's memory, hundreds of teddy bears at the family luncheon, and so many other acts of service that I cannot even list them all. Angel after angel walked into our home and into our lives during this time. There were countless prayers for all of our strength and comfort, and those prayers have continued. I know now more than ever the power of prayer. I felt it. I witnessed it. And we all relied on it. Love notes from God came in the form of Christ's enabling grace. 
his divine means of help and strength to do things we never could have done on our own. Hannah and Seth displayed courage and strength that inspired all of us. Even in their grief-stricken state, they put their trust in God and went forward. They did all the hard things, handing the body of their precious son off to the funeral home director, choosing a tiny casket, speaking at the funeral, sharing precious thoughts and moments, even later returning to school and work and the mundane tasks of life. Love notes have come in the form of wind in the trees, sunsets, small moments of laughter, perfect flowers arriving at the door just as we wished for, mint brownies, sweet music that has filled our homes and hearts with love and praise, and so many more. Love notes have come to us in the form of many, many sacred experiences where the veil has been thin and where we are coming to know Boston, his playful personality and his magnificent spirit. These sacred experiences with him have deepened my testimony and given me an unwavering conviction that life goes on after we die and that those we love and have lost are intimately involved in our lives. They love us and are with us more than we realize. Last of all, love notes have come in the form of Christ's love and sustaining power. He has cradled me in the arms of his love and has lifted my heart from devastation and darkness, as well as the hearts of those around me. In words similar to some I recently heard, even the darkness is not dark to him. He knows all, and because of him, I can still have peace and joy. My Savior Jesus Christ has borne my griefs and carried my sorrows and continues to do so. There will be many difficult days ahead for our family and especially for Hannah and Seth as we continue to mourn the loss of Boston. But I know we will not be left alone. We continue to be surrounded by family and friends we continue to feel the strength and power of love and prayer, and we continue to be buoyed up and somehow enabled to go forward through the grace of Jesus Christ. I want to end with words spoken by my daughter Hannah at Boston's funeral. She said, Although my sweet baby Boston did not get to remain on earth in his mortal body, he is teaching me every day to turn and face this storm. The storm that he is leading me to face is not the one that I foresaw. He is teaching me to be stalwart and courageous through the coming days. But most importantly, Boston has led me to seek the healing balm of the Savior Jesus Christ, for it is he who is the master healer, the only one who surely hath borne mine and Seth's griefs and carried our sorrows, and will continue to do so in continuing storms, until we are reunited with our magnificent buffalo baby Boston. I want to add my testimony to Hannah's. I testify to each of you from my heart that I know we will see our sweet Boston again. I know he will continue to be an integral part of my life and the lives of my family members, and that I will learn many more things from him and from my experiences with him. I know now more than before that we have a loving God, that Jesus Christ truly hath also borne my griefs and carried my sorrows, and that he has done that not only for me and for Hannah and Seth and for my family, but he has done that for all, even you, 
even now, in whatever you are struggling with. He knows you. He's aware of what you are going through. And even the darkness is not dark to him. He is the light. He knows the way because he is the way. Because of Jesus Christ, I know Satan will not triumph, and sin and death have no victory. Today's Truth Takeaways Heavenly Father knows and loves us individually and intimately. Heavenly Father sends each of us love notes. We can deliver love notes from Heavenly Father through serving and loving others. The power of prayer is real. Christ's grace is strength and help that enable us us to do things we could never do alone. The world around us testifies of God's love for us. Life goes on after we die. Loved ones who have died are intimately involved in our lives and are with us more than we realize. Christ has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Christ knows you. He is aware of you. And sin and death have no victory. I want to return to the first question. What is the personal message that God has for you today from the episode of this podcast? Is he inviting you to learn more about a specific truth or to make a change or to take a specific action? How has Boston Rodney Warner and his story affected you? As you act on the truths that we have talked about today, I know that greater power will come into your life. It's the power and strength to follow Jesus Christ. I can't wait to hear what you do. You can let me know on Facebook and Instagram at Armed with Truth Podcast. Keep coming back. Heavenly Father has so much more in store for you here on Armed with Truth. joining me here today on Armed with Truth. As we learn truth together, we become more valiant disciples of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, a stronger part of His battalion, and a truly sin-resistant generation.